There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, Sam Pinkham here, sitting in for Chris Evans and welcoming you to the latest installment of the Best of the Breakfast Show podcast with Sky from Virgin Radio. Coming up... World-renowned biohacker Dave Asprey teaches you how to eat with his new best-selling book, Fast This Way. Son of the legendary Aussie, Jack Osborne, gives us the heebie-jeebies with his paranormal investigation show, Fright Club, on Discovery+. Plus. Master of the mind, Paul McKenna, uplifts and helps us get through lockdown with his positivity podcast. And the queen of British treks, Julia Bradbury, takes us on a journey with her show, Cornwall and Devon Walks with Julia Bradbury. All of that and loads more still to come. Now, Dapper Dave, tell us about our first guest. Do you want to live to 180 years old? Well, if you do, listen closely as we have someone that might be able to help. His new diet-focused book, Fast This Way, is out now. So on the line is a man for whom age is more than just a number. It's a challenge. Please welcome the original biohacker, Dave Asprey. Here he is, live from Vancouver Island. And Dave, what time is it in Van- on Vancouver Island? It's 1.30 a.m. 1.30. Oh, so thank you. Thank you so much for staying awake. Or do you, you, Have you woken up early to join us or have you, have you gone to bed late? I stayed up late. D- Dave, we've been reading, we're reading your book. We've been discussing off-air your book and your life choices for the entire show. We're absolutely fascinated by them. David, how, how old do you think you're going to be when you die? I'd like to die at a time and by a method of my choosing. I think 180 is conservative. And I know that sounds a little bit crazy, but bear with me for a second. Look back 100 years, because there is someone alive today who is 122 years old. And that, this is a person who was around before cars and airplanes and antibiotics, and we still fought wars on horseback, and they're still alive. You go forward 100 years from now with all that we know, all that we can do, all of the new science, if we can't do 50% better than our current best, I think it's because a comet hit the planet. I mean, you make, when, you, when you say it like that, you make a very valid point. It's crikey. <laughs> you're, you're, you're right, of course. Okay, okay, so we, I, sh- we should be able to do it, but how do we do it? How do we get to 180? If we want to get to 180, because I don't know, I don't know about you, Vass, but uh, in my head, if I, I'm 45 now. So if I live to 80, I'll be a little bit gutted because that means I'm five years past halfway. I would like to think I'm going to get to 90, 95. And... But I'd be happy with that. Double that. I've never had this discussion with anybody before until until today. It scares me thinking that that may be doubled. It means you're going to have to pay attention to what plastic you throw in the ocean. <laughs> because you might have to eat it again 50 years from now. And when we have a long time frame and we realize we might be around for longer, it gives you time to accumulate wisdom and we're kind of missing our village elders, the people who always kept the wisdom for us. And one of the problems is that as we age, we lose our brains, we lose our energy, and we lose our vitality. But it didn't used to be that way. This is a recent thing that happened because of changes we made in our food supply. It's unnecessary. And what's going to happen is we're going to have very meaningful numbers of people 100 years old walking around under their own power with plenty of energy to give back. And it's going to change the world. So what choices are you making and what are you doing in order to hit this target age of 180? One of the biggest things that I'm doing is intermittent fasting. Uh, I'm about to interview someone on my podcast who has been intermittent fasting for 59 years. She's 81 years old, but you wouldn't know it when you look at her. This is something that works and has worked for a very long time to make you age much less quickly. It basically means skipping breakfast. It's not that hard, but it sure does make some people mad when you suggest they're not going to get to have the fried beans and tomatoes. Uh, to be honest, I'm one of them because I, I definitely grew up in a world where, where breakfast was the most important meal of the day. And I get up at 3.30 every morning to do my job. And um, if I don't eat as soon as I get up, I feel sick. I feel drained of energy. Uh, I don't feel like I've started the day properly. 
but is that are you saying that's just because that's the way that I've been programmed? It's partly what you've been programmed. It's also probably partly what you had for dinner. A lot of times if you wake up and you're starving and you just can't get moving, that's why. I have lost 50% of my former body weight. I was 300 pounds. I don't know how many stone that is, but it's a lot. I think 26 stone maybe. And I was like that too. If I woke up and I didn't eat right away, I was going to be a wreck. I would be hangry instead of hungry. But that is because your metabolism isn't working very well. You can actually have your metabolism work better. And learning how to skip breakfast is really unappealing. No one wants to do it when they first hear about it, which is why I wrote Fast This Way, which, by the way, hit number four in the UK on the book list because people are so fascinated. And I teach people, here's what to do so that you don't feel hungry or tired when you learn how to skip breakfast. And over time, your metabolism gets stronger. You make younger and newer cells in your body, these things called mitochondria, and they make better energy for you. So you feel better the first morning you skip breakfast when you do it the way I'm talking about. So more energy up front and less diabetes down the road, and you lose weight over time. It's probably the easiest and cheapest thing you could ever do to lose weight and have more energy. You know, Dave, you say people get angry when you suggest fasting. I, I, I wouldn't have been one of those people who get angry. I'd just be like, I just, I feel all right. I think I feel all right most of the time, but I don't. My energy levels are up and down. They're all over the place because I love sugar and I have too much sugar and I have, love cake and I have too much cake. The only reason I'm not the size of a house is because I do exercise every single day and I do that for another reason. So maybe I'm just messing with something that I don't need to be messing with and your, your way is a, is a far simpler way. One of the worries I do have um, but I know you'll have the answer to this is you, you spoke of the planet at the beginning of this. You spoke about plastics in the oceans. What kind of impact would it have on the planet if we all lived to 180? It would have the best possible impact we could ever have on the planet. Because when you know you're going to be here for a long time, you'll have to clean it up. We have declining fertility rates around the globe because we eat such bad food and we have so much pollution that humans are actually having a hard time reproducing. And I've written a large book on fertility with five years of research in it. So that's not just an opinion. That's based on some very serious studies. So what's happening right now is the populations of much of the world are getting older right now. And we can either get older and weaker or we can get older and stay young and continue contributing. But people in their 60s and 70s aren't going to have any more kids. And that's already how it's going to be. So it's up to us to clean things up and make things better. If we're around for that long, we're going to take responsibility and not just pass it on to the next generation to sort it out. Well, if you are the next generation, you got to take care of it. Of course you do. Exactly. That's a great. Dave, (laughs) what can I get you for your 180th birthday? Uh, I think champagne. Okay, okay, it's like champagne. Um, Dave, I tell you, you've, ter- you've, you've turned to me completely. I was, I was fascinated by having this chat with you, and uh, I have your book in my right hand right now, Dave Asprey's, uh, sorry, Asprey and Fast This Way, Fast This Way, currently number four. So a lot of people are picking it up, a lot of people are reading it, and I'm, I'm certainly going to be one of them. Thanks for coming on the show, Dave. Best. Th- How old are you now? I'm 48. So you've got 132 years left. 100, the it's plan, 130. Like good man, good man. What an absolute pleasure. Dave, thanks for coming. We'll speak to you soon. Thank you, Sam. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. If you're potty for a poltergeist or just want to know about UFOs, our next guest is the man for you. His new show, Fright Club, is available now on Discovery Plus. And here to tell us all about it is a man that's always been too ghoul for school. It's the ghost with the most, Jack Osborne. Here he is. Here he is. Hey. hey. So, Jack, you're, you're, in, you're in California. What time is it in California? What time have we got you? Uh, it's about, uh, let's see, what is it? It's 10.05 p.m. Oh, it's 10 p.m. Oh, that's a nice time of day. That's a nice time of day to talk yeah. about paranormal stuff. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Yes. But, Jack, we sat down last night. I didn't know anything about Fright Night until we watched it, which was great. I love watching things like that with a total open mind. And we loved it. But for anybody who hasn't seen it, can you tell us uh, what, it, what it is, what it's about, and how it came about? All right. So it's, uh, I guess the best way, it's kind of like a, it's four guys hanging out, trying to freak each other out with scary clips. Um, I do the show with the Ghost Brothers, who is um, uh, a trio of paranormal investigators from America. And we all just sit around and have a lot of laughs uh, and try and show, you know, see who's got the scariest clip for the, for the day. It's a lot of fun. I mean, it's a good blend of scary and funny, I think. It, re- it really is. And, and so the guys that you're hosting it with, the Ghost Brothers, they're with you every single episode. You don't change, you don't change them around. Yeah, yeah you've no, got those. Yeah. 
because part of the joy of it is is two things: a, the chemistry that you have with them and taking the mick out of each other and questioning each other's clips, uh, but also b, the fact that I, d- I was trying to come up with ways of describing the four of you together. But you're all young, you're all you're all cool, you're all normal human beings. You're not some mad old bat who's been studying paranormal. <laughs> you know what I mean? So what I, what I like about that is when I've seen these sort of shows before, I may have thought, oh, but when you're listening to people who are intrigued and people genuinely interested in the paranormal, you definitely buy into it more. Oh, absolutely. And and the thing is, too, we, you know, we don't, we're not instantly drinking the Kool-Aid, you know, we'll, uh, you know, we'll start poking, you know, well, I don't know if that's real. And, you know, we kind of, we, we pick the clips apart, which I think most people at home are going to, are going to do anyway when they're watching it. Yes. So it's, it's a good, it, you know, it's a bit of, um, I guess we're pulling back the curtain a bit of, of uh, you know, the, the paranormal insider, like, I don't know, uh, technically somehow I've become a paranormal expert, which is really kind of comedic for me. Where did that, um, where, have you always been interested? Where did that come from? Uh, you know, I grew up watching the X-Files and it was just like, I was, a, I mean, I'm, I'm still a giant dork, but like I was way bigger of a dork when I was a kid. Um, and I just, I don't know, I, I loved it. And then in my 20s, I did this uh, ghost hunting show in America and it, it like did really well. And it's uh, the ghost hunting world. I'm going to, I'm going to let you into a bit of a secret is like a, it's like a, a bit of a mafia. Like you're either in or you're out. And if you're in though, you've like earned your seat at the table, but it's really easy to lose it. So it's, uh, people like the show and the paranormal mafia was like, all right, cool. You're, you're, you're good. And I've just kind of been rolling from one project to the next. It's, it's kind of fun. What do you say? It's easy to lose your seat at the table. How would you lose your seat at the table? It's so funny. Like, um, it's a lot of it comes down to like the viewers and, and the message boards that they have. Like if you do something on a show that like can seem like, I mean, we don't ever fake anything, but a lot of people in the past on ghost shows have fake things. And if you get called out by the fans, it's like, there's no coming back from it. And do you think you have to be somewhat of a believer to be at that table? I, th- I think so. But I also think that a, some, a lot of skeptics make for good TV and make for good investigators. Um, it's that kind of, uh, you know, my, the woman I do uh, Portals to Hell with, which is the other paranormal show I do, she's kind of like, a bit of a centrist leaning to being a bit bit of a skeptic more than a believer. And it's, it's a really great chemistry between us because, you know, we, we will always try and disprove the things that are happening at, you know, we, we try to prove that it's actually, you know, either the wind or some kind of light anomaly or something that's explainable before we instantly jump to, no, it's a demon from the seventh <laughs> ring of hell. Like, <laughs> I mean, I think you have to be, I think you have to be a skeptic to a certain extent to host this because if you didn't if you believed in everything it would it would fry your brain you know you would you'd never sleep again if you believed all this totally yeah but i tell you what doing doing um fright club with the guys you know i was the biggest bigfoot skeptic ever and we probably went through like 15 bigfoot clips and some of this stuff is really freaking compelling and i'm like what the hell is that and I, I'm to this day, I'm like, I'm, I'm leaning more to maybe possibly believing in Bigfoot. I'm not going to say I do, but I'm, 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 I'm leaning that way because some of the stuff I've seen. Um, Jack, before you go, I've got to ask you about Chris because I know that you're friends with Chris Evans, and he was talking on the radio uh, only, only a few days ago about the fact that he watched the first ever episode of The Osbournes with you in your house. Do you remember that? I remember it as if it was yesterday. Is that right? Well, because at the time. I'd, I'd, I'd met Chris in passing when I was very young, but I'd obviously grown up with Chris on my TV. And then I just remember having this very surreal moment where I was like, whoa, I'm on TV. And the guy I grew up watching on TV is in my house watching me on TV. <laughs> it was like such a weird. And I was like, that's Chris Evans. <laughs> I remember being so like blown away by that. And how did it come about? Did you ever ask your parents? He was he was friends with a family friend of ours who was in town, and Chris just happened to be in town that week, and so it was very, uh, very, just kind of a random, you know, a random thing. Then then down the years, I got to know Chris, and I'm like, oh yeah, that guy. <laughs> 
That guy. <laughs> no, it's just that guy. Mate, you're a star, Jack. Well, I love the program. I can't wait for the next episode, which is on next Tuesday. If you haven't seen it, it's called Fright Club. It is available on Discovery Plus, and every episode is released every Tuesday. Jack, what an absolute pleasure. Thanks for coming on the show. Stay safe. Thank stay, you so much. Stay scary, buddy, and we'll speak to you soon. Absolutely. Take care. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. He can make you sleep, he can make you smarter, and now he can help you power through lockdown. Paul McKenna's Positivity Podcast is available now, so here to tell us why your mind won't mind if you mine it for the good stuff is the masterful Paul McKenna. <laughs> there he is. Morning, Paul. Good morning. Yeah, now you, come, you come to us live from, from your home, from your study. Uh, am I, am, am yes. I right in saying that you've converted into some very, very swanky studio? Well, like a lot of people, I was, you know grabbing a lamp from here and there to try and light myself and look re- half reasonable on television. But no, I've, been, I've, I've got some lights. Uh, and so, yes, it looks like a TV studio in here now. It's great. You've got the whole setup you need. And that's, you'll never need, need never leave the, even after lockdown, you won't need to leave the house. Paul, I was listening yeah, to I'm, your... Um, sorry, yeah, go on, sorry. No, I was just going to say, um, uh, you know, I, I do a lot of motivational events, but, I'm, you know, instead of going out and travelling around the world to do them, I do them from here now. So, uh, you know, and I think you're right, even after lockdown finishes, probably still a lot of people want to, to do those virtually. I mean, a lot of people might... I think I'm very, very keen to get out and work away from home. Is it, not that there's anything wrong with being at home, but, I mean, is it me or has lockdown three been much tougher than lockdown one. Oh, in lockdown one, we didn't really know what to expect, did we? And and, and the, sun, sure. the the weather was glorious. Lockdown two was a real shorty. Lockdown three, it just just feels feels like there's no end to it. Yeah, I, you know, I totally agree. I think this is uh, by far worse uh, because at the beginning it had a novelty. We had the weather. Uh, you know, the weather's very different now. It's post Christmas, which was cancelled, and uh, and of course it feels like it's going on and on. There doesn't uh, seem to be an end point. And people like that. They like to like certainty. Whenever studies are done into what people um, fear most, the unknown is always in the top 10, sometimes higher than death. Uh, but we do know this too will pass at some point. It affects people, different people in different ways, though. So my wife, Catherine, is a real nester, a real homebody. She's not... She's struggling with homeschooling a bit, but she is very, very... She's happiest at home, to be fair. She'd rather stay in every, every night of the week than go out. I'm the total opposite. So for people who, uh, who crave interaction with other human beings and crave just being out in busy places, it, it, it feels, feels like it's worse for them. Us. <laughs> Absolutely. But I think what we all need, Sam, is we need um, connection. You know, we, we've got to, um, we find this, you know, in the studies into loneliness, is that you can still be in a room full of people, but if you're not connected to them, you can feel lonely. So one of the great things about, you know, these the, the ways of communicating virtually with Skype or Zoom or whatever, is you can connect with people. It's not the same as being, you know, in the company of in, in person. And like you, I just, I love to actually get out, go go places, meet people. And I think like most people, as soon as you're told you can't do something, mm. uh, I suddenly think, oh, I want to do it even more now. You know, I am so looking forward to going to the pub or going to a restaurant or going abroad as soon as I possibly can. Paul, I love your podcast, How to Get Through Lockdown 3. I love the positivity. I love the tips. Can you talk to us a bit about how stress and trauma can just stay in the body unnoticed for long periods of time yes there's there's um there's a number of people have, have written about this that the, the body bears the burden that when you uh, go through uh, a trauma that that's encoded in your mind and and that can have physical ramifications as well you know so we, everybody is subject to some form of stress um you know we have stresses in our everyday life you know worries about this that and the other psychologists call that background stress and then there's obviously traumatic stress which would be i don't know being attacked or losing your job or something like that um now what what we found is that stress levels have gone very high in the last year, resulting in things like depression and the suicide rates having very high, and and also um, just people having a, an everyday feeling of foreboding. Frankly, if you didn't have some worry and stress over the last year, there'd be something wrong because the world's upside down. Yeah. So um, I do a number of techniques because in the recent years there have been a number of um, uh, technology, psychological technologies, the best way to describe them, that have been developed to help people dramatically reduce their stress very quickly and one of these is the is the tapping thing is it yeah, there's, there's a technique where you tap on various parts of your body. There's another, which is, you know, really uh, the new kid on the block and very hot, where you put your hand on your left shoulder and your other hand on your right shoulder. Can we do, the, can we do this now? Is it, is it something we can yeah, do, do now? Please don't do it if you're, yeah, tri- if you're driving, driving, but do it. So hand on your, <laughs> hand on your left, so you cross your arms across your chest. So, across your chest and yeah. stroke the side of your arms, do that, and notice how comforting that feels. Now, that's for a reason. Right? Because um, when you were a baby, you were rocked by your mother 
And you basically, you're hardwired to produce more delta waves as you stroke the side of your arms. If you move your eyes laterally from left to right, from left to right, what happens is, as you stroke the side of your arms, you increase the amount of delta. When we're in deep sleep, we have delta. So this has a very calming effect upon you. And it's deceptively simple, but using this technique and some simple visualizations can significantly reduce your stress levels in a matter of minutes. What I'm also realizing how, is how lovely my arms feel through the shirt. Yeah, yeah, you, 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 you stroke your biceps most of the time, Sam. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> Paul, what an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much. Thank I you. really enjoyed listening to your... I was really interested Thank in the difference Brett. between happiness and pleasure as well because I, I do exercise, serious exercise every single day to get those endorphins and serotonin running. But I know that's just pleasure. That's not true happiness. It just gives me a high in the middle of the day. But it does help. But you, you're saying it's more important to look for happiness than pleasure, and I, and I loved hearing about that as well. But thanks for coming on, buddy. What an absolute pleasure. Paul, Paul, Paul McKenna's uh, Positivity Podcast. Search for it. It's wherever you get your podcast from. And I promise you this, it will make you feel great. You listen to this guy's voice for half an hour. They're, they're, in fact, are, are all episodes about half an hour long, Paul? Yes, they are. I mean, uh, many of the episodes are interviews with well-known people like, I don't know, Bill Bailey, Simon Cowell, um, um, uh, Mel B, uh, Gary Lineker, um, uh, Warwick Davis, etc. And then I recorded a special set of half hour, um, some of them are slightly shorter than that, um, podcasts on how to reduce anxiety, how to sleep better, how to stop comfort eating, and as you say, how to get through lockdown three. Great. Lovely stuff. All right, Paul, thanks for coming on the show. Great to speak to you. Take care of yourself, mate. Thank you, Sam. God bless. Cheers. Bye now. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. We've heard from three glorious guests already, but there's still so much more to come. Brilliant broadcaster Simon Thomas chats about the candid conversations from his inspirational podcast, Life Interrupted. Awesome athlete Martin Yellen sprints through his new book, Running in the Mid-Pack. The perfect musical pairing of Smith and Burroughs gift us with danceable delights from their new album, Only Smith and Burroughs is Good Enough. And marvellous chef Ching He Huang joins us for Chinese New Year and walks us through her new vegan cookbook, Asian Green. All of that and more still to come, so let's get right back to it. Dapper Dave, who's next? She's a TV presenter on a roll, and now you can watch her taking a stroll. Cornwall and Devon Walks with Julia Bradbury continues on Wednesday at 8pm on ITV, and here to tell us all about it is a lady that'll salcomb the earth to prawl point you in the right direction. It's the wonderful <laughs> Julia Bradbury! Here she is! Morning, Julia. Good morning. I've never had such an introduction. Um, I'm going to have to take that, please, and then put it somewhere. I don't know where I'm going to use it, but I want to use it somewhere. <laughs> It should be your ringtone on your phone every time that it rings. That's a great idea. Yeah, that won't annoy my family and my friends in well, any way. Julia, we've just had the most ridiculous conversation about you because we were talking about you having two homes. You have a home in West London and you have a home in Rutland. Are you in West London or, or, or Rutland now? OK, I'm in, first of all, before all everyone's listening, going, oh, there's two homes. I actually don't. I grew up in Rutland. Oh, I see. Uh, so my parents still live there. So Rutland is where I escape to when I can and go and see mum and dad. And um, I live in West London and I'm talking to you from West London from right West now, London. which is where I've been locked down for the past year and a bit. <laughs> the conversation we were having was about how you get from West London to Rutland, and we decided a helicopter mm. would be the obvious, the obvious choice. Um, I mean, again, well, again if you were... I suppose that depends who you are. Yes. Not an obvious choice for me. For me, it's the A1. <laughs> the A1. Because, Vass, you went up there. Didn't you go to Rutland to take part in Steve Cram's uh, training camp? Yeah, he does a training camp uh, in Rutland Water. And my son and I went last, no, the, the last November but one actually but then the Friday night traffic from West London where I live to Rutland Water it was a nightmare Julia Oh Vassos it is an absolute night you can't leave on a Friday night love otherwise you're in serious trouble Go very late But I am very familiar with Rutland Water that's where we do our if if we're having Christmas spending Christmas in Rutland we do our Christmas day walk uh, around a section of Rutland Water and I grew up uh, overlooking Rutland Water and it's where I didn't learn to windsurf I was so bad and I kept falling in all the time that uh, it's my claim to fame that I, I, I yeah I can't do it it's beautiful though isn't it with the sunken with the sunken with the sunken village 
bridge underneath the water where next to the dam as well you can just about see the you can see the tops of the buildings can't you if, you, if it's a very clear day water wise you can see the tops of the buildings yes that there's something very eerie and spooky about it yeah. and, and in a beautiful way my kids are always fascinated by that by that story what a village a village got flooded I mean what, what happened to the people it's like no no they weren't there <laughs> they got they, they, the people were alright they, they were got rid okay. of the people first now now Julia we, I was watching uh, yesterday Cornwall and Devon walks with Julia Bradbury which I've got to say is the most wholesome thing I think I've ever seen on I think I've ever seen on TV because not only do you feel wrapped up in a big duvet of wholesomeness but also you feel very educated watching it because you meet some fascinating people don't you yeah we really do and this series I think more than most we've we've gone out of our way to really dig deep uh, beneath the, the areas that we go to and to meet some of the most interesting people that are there. And that's the one that, I mean, it is, people say to me all the time, you've got the best job in the world. And I have got the best job in the world. I mean, I get paid to go walking. People would scratch your eyes out for that. Uh, but the, the people that I meet along the way and what we really wanted to do in this series, because we knew we made this in between lockdowns uh, last year and we knew that we would either still be in lockdown that was the that was one of the um one of the thoughts or that we would just be emerging from a lockdown either way um people would want this escapism so at the heart of every walk and if you've watched the series samuel you'll, you'll have noticed that i'm always talking about nature i'm always talking about the power of nature i talk to a lot of people who are invested in that and who really um, are enthusiastic about their jobs, whatever they might be. But it all comes back to how we all need these beautiful spaces. And look, Cornwall and Devon is besieged with beautiful, beautiful spots, but we don't all live in places like that. So I, I also say throughout the series, you know, it, it's your own little bit of green that counts as well, your own local park, your own local woodland. And it's something that I'm very passionate about uh, raising awareness of. And I think we've learned during the pandemic that we all need these green spaces. We do all need to to exercise at, outside. It's, it's good for our mental health and our, and our physical health. But aren't we lucky to have places like this? And I've walked um, all around the world uh, and all around the country. Aren't we lucky to have these places as well where we can really benefit from? Oh, I mean, Julia, we, Vassos and I both watched the last night. We just loved every second of, of your of your show. It's a fabulous show. It is on Wednesday, the 10th of all. The next one is uh, episode six of eight, continues this Wednesday, 8th of Feb, 8 ITV, 8 p.m. Look forward to it. 8 p.m. Lovely to talk to you, Sam, and, and, you. and you too, Vassos. Okay. Good morning Thank to you, Julia. Uh, and the, your... the lovely thing about this is, you know, Yes, you're in Devon and Cornwall and yes, it's summer and yes, it's, you know, it's raining outside. But walking, walking is still available to us, even in lockdown. And you just always, not usually, always feel better coming back from a walk, don't you? You certainly do. And it's how I've kept myself together during lockdown. And I don't I, I live in West London and I do visit my parks regularly. And I would urge anybody, if you're feeling a little bit blue, build a walk into your routine. It really does. Uh, it's good for the soul, good for the good for the mental health. And um, yeah, walk this way. Great stuff. All right, Julia Bradbury, thank you very much. Have a lovely, enjoy the rest of lockdown if you can, and we'll speak to you soon. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. From the Kids Institution of Blue Peter to the Footballing Institution of Sky Sports, our next guest has done it all. Series two of his podcast, Life Interrupted, is out now and here with why a pause in life gives pause for thought and leaves you with vital lessons taught is the brilliant Simon Thomas. Morning, Simon. Morning. 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 It's amazing, isn't it? Dave writes these for every every guest and every guest comes on. They always go, can I get that on? Can I get a recording of that? That's a ringtone. Exactly that. Exactly. Simon, thanks for coming on the show. Are you, are you live from your... Are we allowed to say where you've moved to because it just so happens that Rachel lives in the same place? Really? Yeah, yeah. I moved to uh, Buckinghamshire, just uh, near Amersham. Moved about three weeks ago. It's one of the few things you were still allowed to do in lockdown, which we were massively relieved about because the whole process had taken five months and then we finally got there and then lockdown got announced and I thought, oh, goodness me. So I was perusing the government website very rapidly to try and find the moving section that was still allowed. So we... We got in, and it's, it's been magnificent since we got in. I'm just looking out snowy Chilton Hills at the moment, which is glorious. Uh, well, Simon, thank you so much for coming on the show, and we very much look forward to having a beer with you, because I only lived on the road as well in Chesham uh, once all this craziness is over. But I, we, I've been uh, listening to your podcast over, over the last... I mean, I only found out yesterday that we were having you on today, but I've been listening to your podcast last night, and it's... The amazing thing about it is, is it has everything in it to be incredibly sad, but it, it feels mm. it feels full of positivity, really, especially in these yeah. in these these times. Yeah, it is, and it feels a bit ironic because the the title of it is "Life Interrupted," and essentially the idea of the podcast was to. 
chat to kind of known and unknown people who've been through something really significant and life-changing uh, and hearing the kind of bit, the background of their story and then what happened. And yeah, that's where it can be really hard to listen to and a bit like, oh my goodness me, I wasn't expecting that. But we wanted it to be a podcast then that would lead you to a place of, of feeling a real sense of hope. But goodness me, this person got through that and look at their lives now and give people a sense of hope that if they were to face something tricky or hard or life-changing, there is always a way through. But the irony now is, as we talk, is that this was speaking to individuals about having life interrupted. Now, as a whole, as a nation, and as a world, we've all had our lives interrupted to a greater or lesser extent. So lots of the themes of the podcast are actually now being played out in everybody's lives because whether you know lockdown's been fairly straightforward for some for lots it's been impossible and so many people so tragically have lost people that on a huge scale we've all had life interrupted over the last 12 months so in in some ways without blowing the second series of trumpet too much it kind of plays into where we're at as a country at the moment and hopefully you know people are kind enough to listen we'll listen to those stories and go you know what your yeah, life is really quite hard and tough at the moment but i'm listening to this guy i'm listening to this woman there's a way through and that's where the kind of hope and the positivity comes from and simon this this podcast comes from personal experience obviously for those of you for those listening who don't know what you went through can you can you are you happy to tell us your story yeah so it was, well, it was over three years ago now and um i very uh, suddenly uh, lost my wife Gemma, um who was 40 at the time and got a little boy called ethan he was eight and uh, she very sadly got a rare form of uh, blood cancer called acute myeloid leukemia, which is thankfully still quite a rare blood cancer in this country. It affects around about 3,000 every year. But for those who do get it, it's utterly devastating. And the outlook beyond five years is still very low, which is something as president of you know, Blood Cancer UK, we're trying to change. But it, it took her life in the space of, of three days, which was incredibly hard, tough and sad. And, you know, I... So I look back on that period, and a lot of it I don't remember that well, and it's it's a painful place to go back to, and I don't tend to go back there. But that's kind of where the podcast came out of. It was about going through how do we, how do I change the situation I'm in to embrace life again, to find life again, to have a fulfilled and happy life again. I wanted that as much for my boy more than anything as I did for myself. But actually, his happiness would come out of my happiness. And so it's really a pursuit of kind of finding life again and, and realising that even when you go through something like that, it doesn't have to define you. It doesn't have to be the shape of your life to come. But perhaps what it does do is it gives you an appreciation of, of what's important in life in a way that I hadn't felt before. And I think probably coming back to where we're all at at the moment, that's probably what we've all sensed. Because in many ways, Sam, what we're going through now is an aspect of loss because we've all lost our way of doing things. The, the, the things we enjoyed, like you mentioned, let's go, let's go to the pub when we can. Very normal things have been taken away and we're all feeling that sense of loss and that's essentially at the heart of what grief is. It's the loss of, of someone we love, but we're talking about in this context the love of a, a way of life we had and, and it will come back and I, I refuse to believe that this is the new normal. There's nothing, Sam, remotely normal about this and it will not be the new normal. We'll go back to a... a perhaps a different life but it will come back and that's that's really where the podcast came from is taking something hard tragic and going right how can we do something really positive with this and that was the idea behind the podcast simon um i could listen to you i could listen to you all day and and, and listening to your podcast despite it you know obviously being you know having having its share of sadness also it's it's a very relaxing very calming and 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 and, and positive podcast to listen to so wherever you get your podcast from it's called life interrupted Life comma interrupted. Simon Thomas is the host of it, and please do give it a listen. You won't regret it. Simon, take care of yourself, buddy. Thanks for coming Sounds on the show, nice, mate. and we'll see Thanks you. We'll, the intro again. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see you in. Uh, we'll see you in Cheshire <laughs> for a beer, won't we, Rach? Yes, we'll be there. We'll be there. Take care, mate. All the best. Those days will come. Cheers, Cheers mate. Bye, mate. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Over to you, Dapper Dave. He's a duathlete, triathlete, and the official coach of the London Marathon. Basically, he knows what he's talking about. His <laughs> new book, Running in the Mid-Pack, How to Be a Strong, Successful, Happy Runner, is out now. So please welcome Vassos Alexander's arch-nemesis. It's Martin Yelling! <laughs> yeah, how dare you write a better book than me, Martin? <laughs> oh, Vassos. Oh. I'm thinking of you sat in the corner of your studio, furiously signing the entire ten copies of your, of your new book. <laughs> 
<laughs> we're, hoping, we're hoping to sell four of them. <laughs> Will you well, buy I'm one? Eight, so that leaves you two left. Yeah. I, I tell you what. I tell you what's a joy, Martin. It's lovely having somebody on the show who knows about running, isn't it, Rach? Oh, you know yes. what I mean? Because there's a question that I've always wanted to ask somebody: What does running in the mid pack mean? And I've until now had nobody that I could ask. <laughs> it's a good question. Um, Sam, and that's exactly the person that we wrote this book for, you know, um, and, and I'd include Vatos, and in fact, I'd probably include all of you in that, um, even if, Sam, uh, you would, you know, like to do a little bit more running, apparently. That's what Vatos uh, uh, so, telling me. So I have, I, listen, this is about you, not about me, but I have run a marathon before, and I've run a couple of half marathons, but if I'm totally honest with you and your dear friend Vatos Alexander, I hate, I hate running. I wish I loved it, but it hurts mm. me way too much, and I just, and, I, and I've got, my face says it all when I'm doing it, so yeah. then I think, well, why am I doing this? But, are you, Rachel, do you run a bit? Do so you... I, hi, Martin, I started running because Vatos, um, encouraged me which was very kind of him and um, I didn't think I would like it I did cross country at school and wasn't a fan and I yeah. thought that running wouldn't be for me but I started running it was about a year ago in November and I have to say I'm a huge convert I, I've trained for the London Marathon that didn't happen and I didn't enjoy mm-hmm. my long runs anything over sort of 8-10 miles I did really struggle with but now I would regularly run 3-5 to five miles once or twice a week and I feel so much benefit yeah. from it the endorphins the time on my own just the fresh uh-huh. air I went running on Sunday morning in like the face peeling snowstorm and I was just all day I was on an absolute high you I came do back glowing it. didn't you feeling yeah. amazing well the thing is you're right because lots of people and we've seen recently a real uptick in the numbers of people that are, have found running as something that can positively you know, enhance their life and give them something so amazing even if like you they perhaps thought well it wasn't for me. And this book um, contains a lot of, of guidance, really, for people who are not going to be knocking at the door of picking up, you know, the trophies or at the same time, perhaps, you know, they're not complete beginners, but they're everyone, everywhere in between. So, you know, that's what we mean by, by the mid-pack. And so this book is about encouraging people, you know, how to find their, their place in, in, in running, how to help them make some progress in, in their running and, you know, how to enjoy it. Like, how to find some joy and love for the running that they do. Yeah, I love this bit. I think Angie wrote this bit because you wrote it with, uh, with, with Angie Andrews, didn't you? I think this Angie, is one of Angie Angie's Andrews, quotes. Like, all the <laughs> that, that line says it all. You're, oh, you're, I love this bit. Angie wrote it. Yeah. No, no. Your goal as a mid-pack runner should be to find joy in the running that you do regularly. That's it. Yeah, I mean, we, we want running... I think Angie did actually write that bit. We want running to be something that, you know, you turn to when you think, I need a pick-me-up today, you know? I need something that's going to bring some enjoyment and some, you know, some life and some kind of pick-me-up physically and mentally. And, I'm, I'm, and I feel okay about going for a run, whatever that run looks like for me. And it doesn't need to be a marathon. It doesn't need to hurt. You know, it can be an enjoyable bit of time out on your own or with some friends in the countryside or, you know, in the town where you live. How to be a strong, successful and happy runner. So that's just the subtitle under Running in the Midpap. And you were telling me yesterday that it took you a long time to work out that particular turn of phrase. Well, it does because there's so many things that people frame running around and they think, well, maybe it's about running quicker. So we thought, well, what does that mean? And for some people, it does mean that. And actually, we wanted to define, we wanted the reader to define what being a successful runner actually means. And for some, that means fast times. For some, that might mean running further. For some, that might mean, you know, a personal experience. And for some, it might mean running with their friends or running, you know, to a, to a place in their town and back without stopping. You know, success can be defined by, by the runner and so can strong. And then we know that running can bring around some contentment and satisfaction and fulfilment and, and happiness. And so, yeah, there's, there's, a lot in, there's a lot in there. It's a really, really, really good book, this, Martin. Congratulations. Paul's right. It and, is a masterpiece. And congratulations to you for allowing yourself to say that, Vass. <laughs> it feels like we get, it was a therapy session for Vass and you came out the other end, didn't you? Do you feel better about it? I've done, I've done this interview twice in two days now. And I, I've, I've read the book cover to cover and I really enjoyed it. Running in the mid-pack. How to be a strong, successful and happy runner by Martin Yelling and Angie Andrews is out now. Martin, take care of yourself. Thanks, buddy. 
You guys, thank you Speak very much. Speak to you soon. Cheers. Bye. Bye-bye. You okay? You all right, mate? You okay? It's fine. Are you okay? No, fine. Right. I know you're not allowed to, Rach, but I think now could be a time to have one of your illegal cuddles because he, this guy's on, yeah. It's fine. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Chinese New Year is just around the corner, so if you're looking for the perfect food to celebrate, then look no further than our next guest. Her latest vital and vegan cookbook, Asian Green, is out now. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the lean green cooking machine <laughs> that is Ching Hei Huan. Hi, Ching. Hi. Good morning, Hi, Ching. Good morning. Oh, it's lovely <laughs> to have you on the show. Sam, <laughs> so you came in. When did you come in on Chris's show last? Um, it was a year ago, yeah. Oh. Um, I, around about this time last year, I think. So I can't believe it's um, yeah, it's whizzed by. Well, we're all, we're all we're all very disappointed that you can't come in for obvious reasons today because um, the last time you came in, you brought food with you and you even brought a wok for Chris, didn't you? I know, I know. I'm so glad to not to see you guys and um, big love. And actually, regarding the wok, I've got to basically send you guys some when the whole wok uh, saga is is done. So. Um, but yeah, you, you guys all have a Lotus Walk waiting for you when this uh, walk saga is Good. over. Oh, so it, it was really popular and it just sold out. So <laughs> Well, come back in. Come back in another year from now and hopefully all this craziness will be behind us and you can come back in and cook and we can all, you know, have a hug when you come in and what have you. And, 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 and yeah, that'll be great. Um, oh, so, no, I'll be there. So Ching, in the, studio, in the studio with me is Vassos, who is a fully, fully uh, operating vegan. There is Rachel, uh-huh. who is a, a full meat eater and uh, actually, you know, Although likes to choose um, meat carefully where she gets it from, she yeah. has no interest in changing at the moment. No, and, I, and I'm halfway. I'm kind of halfway because we uh, we've we've gone pretty much veggie during the week. My kids still love meat, but I mm-hmm. have, my wife has, and we have uh, vegan burgers, uh, burger night. In fact, it's vegan burger night tonight, and I love oh. it, and I love it, and I'm and I'm halfway. I'm halfway there. Um, okay, and 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 to be honest, do I feel different to when I used to eat meat? I don't know. I don't know really. But if I'm t- the, the vegan burgers, I just I just love them, but. You mm-hmm. you turned vegan when your husband because your husband am I right in saying he had asthma and eczema turned vegan and it and it totally cured him. Yeah, so he's he basically um, went more plant based. Um, he went veggie first, vegetarian first, and um, he's had asthma and he's had eczema since he was a baby. So he's always had to take his inhaler. He's preventative, and um, yeah, so. Um, you know, when he went vegetarian, we didn't notice anything. But when he then made the transition to going vegan, you know, I was like, you know, I'm a chef, you know, and I cook lots of all these delicious treats. And I was like, trying not to be personally offended. But um, <laughs> no, but I went along with it. And actually, you know what, um, his health transformation has just been phenomenal, like really amazing. And, um, and I can't believe it. So, um, you know, I always say to my friends out there, I mean, we Chinese believe actually all across, you know, Asia, you know, whether China, Hong Kong or Taiwan, you know, the ethos of eating there is very much about, um, you know, you are what you eat and food is medicine. And we grew up with this kind of philosophy. So, um, but I didn't know how powerful it really was until, you know, I've seen it firsthand with Jamie, with my husband. So um, I'm like you, I'm like flexitarian, you know, so when I started out, I was cooking, um, you know, one veggie, one meat option. And then, um, you know, as, as, as we went along, you know, I ended up c- cooking more veggie dishes at home just because I got tired, you know, and from work and doing all, all sorts of things. I was tired cooking two different meals. Um, and then I noticed that actually I lost a bit of weight and I had more clarity. You probably got more clarity in your eyes, Sam. You know, you might possibly you, think, you might not have noticed your your you know your health, but you may have. You know, we don't know what's going on in there. <laughs> so um, so you know, I think everyone is different, and um, whether you are veggie, whether you're you know you love your meat still. I think for me the the, the trick was to really try and eat a more balanced diet. You know, I think before in the past, and I'm certainly, you know, yeah, you know, uh, guilty of this. You know, I, I loved meat and I was having a lot of it. So this is a way, I think, to embrace the best of both and a bit more balance, a bit more balance. I think like yin and yang, you know, 50-50, where we are moving more towards more plant-based and not so geared towards, you know, meat-based. But what's really interesting yeah. is you said about Jamie, because you said that Jamie turned veggie and he, and, and then it, nothing, nothing changed. It was when he turned vegan. So there must have been something in the dairy that was causing his eczema and his asthma, was it? You know, it was, we think it was both dairy and actually meat. So, um, dairy and meat you know, well. yeah, both. 
and um, and obviously, you know, his doctors you can't can't um, figure it out, you know, and they're just as surprised, and they still tell him, you know, obviously you have to keep taking your preventative and and all of that, but he he hasn't, um, you know, he he exercises a lot, he just listens to his body, and you know, he used to wake up with very you know heavy sinuses. Uh, blocked nasal, you know, all the duct and all of that. Not very nice to talk about first thing. <laughs> Maybe fi- someone's having breakfast. No, I'm fine. so sorry. Yeah. yeah. But you know that sort of um, uh, yeah, symptoms and um, and yeah, um, we we think it's just a miracle. And and now whether you believe in miracles or not, you know, I just think. Uh, try it um, you know if you've got any babies or children obviously do consult your nutritionist as well and you know just see but with for him uh, it took about one month for him to completely um, see the changes you know you start to see oh you know I don't need I'm not as uh, wheezy as I was before and then within three months he didn't need his um, inhaler preventative and it is a big commitment you know every day when you're thinking mm, uh, you know breakfast lunch dinner that initial transition is difficult but I think you know what there's so many amazing plant-based alternatives although um, you know I would say stick to whole foods fresh foods you know ingredients with lots of macro micronutrients live foods um, with any cuisine any kind of you know, uh, whether you're meat or, or you know, vegan lover, uh, there are processed foods. So try not to, you know, obviously have too much processed food. But, you know, a few bits of tofu a week, uh, a few portions of tofu is perfectly fine. Um, and there's lots of those plant-based substitutes, you know, maybe just chill out and not eat those every day. Ching, what an absolute pleasure. Take care of yourself. Send a love to Jamie. And um, hopefully in a year now, a year from now or less, you can come back in on the show and bring bring a walk with you and, and we'll have some, we'll, we'll eat some of your book, eat some of your book, eat some of the ingredients from the, from the, from the meals from your book. Thank you so much for coming on, oh, Ching. What a pleasure. Thanks, guys. Thanks, okay, guys. lots Walk of love. On. Take care. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Fish and chips, little and large, salt and pepper. You can add another one to that list in the shape of our next guests. Their new album, Only Smith & Burrows Is Good Enough, is out next Friday. And here to tell us all about it are a perfect pair of pop princes. It's Tom Smith and Andy Burrows. Oh, I love it, I love it, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Good morning. Morning, Tom. Morning, Andy. Hello. Good morning. So you guys, I've just heard from Dapper Dave that you guys both moved out of London um, what, in the last 12 months, did you? Yeah, we moved out before, uh, this, in December 2019, so pre-pandemic. Oh, pre, oh, you were pre. And, and Andy? Yeah, I looked out of my window and I couldn't see him and in London and I was like, right, I'm off too, so I followed him and moved well. in next door. So did that mean you both ended up with gardens, which has obviously been a great thing during lockdown? Exactly, exactly. The, garden, the garden is a godsend. Tom, Tom, it's been 10 years between albums funny looking angels 10 years ago and now only smith and burrows is good enough uh now why why did you make us wait for 10 years um we always intended to follow it up uh it just took a little while i, I mean obviously this is a side project for us both um kind of we have other things to do and we're quite busy but um yeah it just, it just took a while for the songs together come together and i think um maybe about four years ago the, the pile of songs that andy and i were writing together in our spare time suddenly started to become significant and we realised things were starting to happen so the material kind of just took a while what can you say it, it, like a, you know, it took a while to brew and 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 okay so, so for those of you who don't know Tom Tom Smith is, is obviously with editors Andy Burrows former drummer with, with Razorlight Andy how did this how did this bromance I presume that's what it what, what it is or certainly began as how did it how did it all start and how long ago did it did it happen uh, we met in 2005 at Glastonbury Festival um, after both of our bands played the other stage right. and uh yeah we were just you know having a chat over a few beers and it's just blossomed ever since it's become a beautiful friendship and here we are with uh, our second album and did you so okay so you're back in back in glastonbury in 2005 so how long was that 16 years ago and you started chatting and uh, during that first chat after a few beers did you immediately say why don't we get some guitar why don't, let's get our guitars out let's have a let's have a sing, sing literally that's where it began there and then or was that where the friendship began and then you you started performing together Tom. Yeah, I mean, we yeah became mates to start with. Um, it wasn't that long uh, until Andy asked me to like um, do some songs with him. Though he had like a little solo record he was doing not long after, and I helped him do some promo, and I kind of just hang out with him. But uh, um, that was kind of the very very beginnings of our musical kind of friendship. But I mean, very early on, we were we were buddies. We were living in a similar part of North London, and um, just kind of going for drinks and chatting about the world and music and yeah. So we spent quite a lot of time 
um, hanging out before the music started to grow, yeah. It's great. I, I love it. And then, so ten years later, so this is going back six years from now, you... You both, you both family guy. Both have your families. You both got kids, and you decide to go to Nashville to record this new album. First of all, why, why, why did you go to Nashville? Uh, we went to Nashville because uh, the producer that we made this record with, Jakir King. Yeah, uh, it's where he's based, and um, you know the fact that he was up for doing this album with us was a was a complete. You know, it, it was just so amazing. So we sort of at the, at the at the very mention of it, we just sort of didn't tell anyone we were going. Uh, and jumped on a plane and went and recorded this album because it was an absolute dream opportunity, really. And did, and how do you get away? How do you get... I mean, so Vassos and I are great pals off the air as well as on the air, and we've, there's been projects we've been talking about potentially doing together, aren't there, Vass? Yep. Do you think that you and I, Vass, would get away with going home and saying, let's go to Nashville for six weeks and let's work <laughs> on our ideas? Yeah. You just, you just got to go. You just, just got to go. go. <laughs> not, not tell anybody and just go. Well, not even tell your families you're going, just go. They wouldn't let you go, you know. You they wouldn't. We made a pact and we just ran. And I, 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 like, I like, I like to think you jumped on a plane to Nashville and you settled in. You started writing the, you know, recording the, recording the, laying down, laying down the tracks. But then I like to think you had a, you had a, you had a, you, you stayed in a, in a, in a, in a hotel somewhere or a motel somewhere in bunk beds and then drunk beer in the evenings and had six weeks away from real life. Is that how it, is that how it all panned out? I mean, pretty much. It was, I mean, it wasn't. Uh, it was like a, like a kind of small Airbnb little house, and we had this tiny little car that we. Um, and he would make me breakfast in the morning, then we'd jump in the car and we'd go to the studio and we'd go for dr- drinks afterwards and it was, it was a dream, you know. It, it was a dream. It's so and funny I, because it's exactly how it's happened in my head. Andy made you breakfast yeah. every morning. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Is it true? Uh, what it is. You, what did you make Tom for breakfast every morning, well, Andy? In the, in, the, in the mornings, it was a bit more... Uh, in the weekdays, it was a little more healthy. I think we just stuck the cereal. But on the weekend, I, I really pushed the boat out and we went bacon and eggs and then we watched the football uh, back in the, you know, in the UK. Oh. And what was it like living in Nashville for six weeks? It was cool. Oh, it was like yeah, we, we, we were like... A sleepy, sleepy town, kind of south of Nashville, because um, Nashville itself now has become this enormous kind of party town, which is fun. But I don't think you'd want to spend too much time there. It's like Vegas uh, um, uh, was uh, now, but we were in like a sleepy town. It was quite kind of, I don't know, um, quiet. And but the but the the, the the town itself just had like one strip, few bars, um, a breakfast place. It was uh, it was the American dream. What can I say? Listen, it, and it worked because the album is absolutely fantastic. So whatever you did, you did it right. And if you're a band listening to this, head to Nashville and record in, record in Nashville. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Only Smith and Burroughs is good enough is the name of the album. The single is Parliament Hill, and it's out now. Gents, take care of yourself. Love to your families. And thank, thank you. And can I say hello on. to my sister Anna? Can I say hello to my sister Anna because she's pushing her little buggy in the in the buggy. Oh, Hi, Anna. She's listening on headphones now. Yeah, Hi, Anna. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for coming on the show. Nice one. Thank you. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Thank you for listening to this podcast, the best bits from the Virgin Radio Breakfast Show with Sky. Chris will be back next week, and don't forget to subscribe now and you'll never miss a week of The Breakfast Show. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.